This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We thought this would never end, but it did. 46 Skybet League 2 games, 13 wins, 19 draws, 14 defeats, 57 goals scored, 55 goals conceded, 58 points on the board, two managers, one caretaker hero, and millions-ish of sofas which we've been glued to for the past 12 months or so. The end of the 2020-2021 campaign happened on Saturday, it happened with a win, and here we are with the annual show, it's the end of season, full-time whistle, end of season review, it's a bumper podcast with lots to get through tonight, here on the Mansfield Matters Podcast. As ever, we'll be delving into our thoughts of the retain list, which was out earlier in the week. We'll be talking about the season as a whole, what went well, what didn't go well, and all the bits in between. And of course, the important bit. That's you guys, by the way. You guys at home. Those who have joined us all the way through and followed the journey from start to finish. This is the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? because Mansfield always matters. Get involved in the comments for the last time. It'll be our last show for a few weeks. It's our 110th broadcast of the season. Wow. It's been a long one. Get involved in the comments now and have your say on your team. A very good evening to you and welcome to the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters. It's great to see you. It's great to have you alongside us and joining us for what will be an entertaining, bumper-packed 90 minutes-ish of content. We'll have another panellist joining us at 8 o'clock. Fingers crossed. Simon Mercer will be joining us to discuss all things of the season. We'll be delving into, as I said in the intro, all of the things about the retain list, our thoughts on the campaign as a whole, and of course, the most important thing tonight. No, not the quiz. That is coming up, but the end of season awards, our virtual awards ceremony, which you can vote on right now. The link is in the description. Make sure you go on there and do that. 
We've got player of the season. We've got loads of good stuff in there as well for you to have a vote on. The voting will close around quarter past eight tonight during the show and we'll bring you all of that awards. Without further ado, though, it's time to introduce you guys to a very special member of the podcast team. Nathan Edge wasn't with us on uh, on Saturday when me and Cam were in the makeshift studio outside because Nathan had a very important job to do and that was to basically watch on and get shouted at as a very important delivery came into the world. This is an image which we managed to grab a couple of minutes before we came on air. There you go, you can see him at the top there, Nathan, with little baby Oliver, Stephen McLaughlin, Quinn, Edge. Talk us through Saturday from your perspective, mate. First and foremost, congratulations. Yes, thank you very much. Um, I thank you to all the comments as well on the on the page. I sure I saw that you shared the news, uh, and there was plenty of comments as well there as well. So thank you to everyone that sent uh, sent those congrats. But yeah, I, I just knew he was going to come on a match day. It just had to happen, didn't it? Um, but I'm counting my lucky stars because you know I did say I can't remember if I'm thinking I'm live on a podcast that if he was born on the same minute that a Mansfield Town player scores, nah. I'm gonna, a name after him and obviously Stephen McLaughlin pops up with two goals um but thankfully he arrived a lot a lot later in the day than that so uh yeah yeah he's just named after Oliver Sarkic instead I mean I mean to be honest Cam we need to have words don't we because you know Nathan did say you know that if any player was was born on the uh you know during the, the time of the the birth then of course it would be uh, you know he would he would name it after the the player in question. So I think we need to have serious words and uh, definitely uh, you know, get the middle name sorted because th- there is no middle name as yet, is there, Nathan? So you know maybe we no. need to get that sorted. Come on, Cam. You know you, you know you were ribbing him. We were saying it all day on Saturday whilst you were here. Um, you know you need to have a word. Come on, get it get it sorted. I mean, to be fair, it's, there's not really much choice. It, it's Stephen or nothing. <laughs> got three lots of back in there. McLaughlin I, one, McLaughlin two, and Quinn one. What are the chances of that? Like, seriously, for them, for, well, for either of them to score anyway, but for three goal scorers, well, sorry, three goals and two, but two goal scorers both called Stephen. I mean, seriously, what are the chances? It's written in the stars, mate. Really is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really is. And, you know, I, I definitely think you, you need to have a little bit of a think about that. Definitely you need to, to have a think about that. Um, very, very briefly before we go into all the other all, all the other stuff, obviously we're absolutely buzzing for you. Um, you know, Uncle Craig and Uncle Cammer are going to be, you know, there for the little man as he, as he grows up. What's the first week of, um, you know, fatherhood been like in the Edge household? Um, first couple of days were tough. It's mainly because, so for those that aren't aware, it ends up being a very dramatic um, <laughs> birth. So, you know, we thought the water had broke in the morning. They hadn't, but then we was kept in. She was then induced a couple of hours later. That was sort of seven hours on after that. We was, things got a bit complicated and, you know, we was rushed in for a C- emergency C-section. So within 30 minutes, he was he was out. So we, it was very hectic and obviously had, you know, no sleep and, very stressful time for a couple of days but I'm going to be honest see I've, I've been quite open I thought yeah I mean I was useless during the labour well during, during the I've, heard, I've heard you were useless during the conception as well but we won't go there well that's a different discussion <laughs> different part but um, yeah it, it was uh, you know I was I was very nervous about all of that but I've been buzzing since I, you know I've, I thought I was going to be struggling for 
for a while, and it probably is going to get a lot harder over weeks. But I think since that last couple of days, since those first couple of days, and I've been able to sort of settle down. I, honestly, I'm not just saying it. I've genuinely not felt this happy. It's been really surprising in a in a weird way. It's been honestly the journey's been amazing. Well, let's see if we let's see if we can bring you back down to to earth and and get rid of that happiness by talking about Mansfield <laughs> Town, um, which seems to work on this podcast. Let's dive straight in with it. Uh, a couple of early comments coming in, so let's go to those very very quickly. Indeed, lots of congratulations naturally uh, flooding in. For, for you Nathan uh, Stags Chat says what an end to a poor season see you next season and the, with the promotion winning team come on you Stags Roger says Sir Nigel Clough of Mansfield will sort us out next season we are going up uh, and Keith says promotion is the name of the game for next season has to be some great signings take care and stay safe everybody get your thoughts coming in then first and foremost on the retain list let's go through this in case you've missed it um, there's only one player I got wrong on the, the, on the contractual research so obviously um, the website wasn't a hundred percent there, but there you go. Uh, and it is it was Jordan Barrett, the one I got wrong. I thought his contract was up, but uh, apparently he's under contract and therefore retained. Alongside Harry Charles Lee, Ollie Clark, Kellen Gordon, George Lapsley, Jason Law, George Maris, Stephen McLaughlin, James Perch, Farron Rawson, Jamie Reed, uh, youngster Josh Scott, and of course Tyrese Sinclair. Contract option exercised and therefore retained. Jimmy Knowles, still on loan at Notts County, of course, and James Clark. Negotiations underway between James and Charles and Keaton Ward and then the other end of the scale um, two players we predicted this would, would happen to under contract and available for transfer Corey O'Keefe and Marek Steck players out of contract and released with immediate effect Nicky Maynard Andy Cook Joe Riley uh, Aidan Walker, Jake Wright, and two names which I'm sure we'll talk about more in more depth in a second. Aidan Stone and Ryan Sweeney. Of course, Sir Mel Benning on that list as well. Not on the official club list, but we knew he'd be leaving anyway. Uh, loan players to return to the One Course Stadium and under contract. Roland Menayese returning from Grimsby Town and then Aaron O'Driscoll return from Longford Town in July. Uh, loan players return to their parent clubs. Jamie Pardington who Nigel Clough said after the game he'll look at a loan deal for again next season. Uh, Ollie Sarkic gone back to Blackpool um, uh, which is another reason you can't name your son after him, Nathan. You're going to have to put Stephen in there. And then uh, Stephen Quinn, uh, who goes back to Burton, has since been released by Burton, and as we know, is a target for Nigel Clough. Let's dive straight in, Cam. Uh, we spoke about... Um, let's let's go with, first and foremost, uh, those who are retained. Uh, one name on there which we wanted to see um, was that of James Clark, who, impre- who impressed us on Saturday. Well, he's impressed us with every game that he's played this season. Um, yeah, Saturday. Uh, that was that was literally it. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I mean, over the last few years, last season included. But he's just been uh, a decent quality player, and he's still young. He's still got a lot to learn, and we can mould him into our own sort of player. And like we were talking about a few weeks ago, defenders tend to be a little bit older anyway, so he's still got that time to mature into that role. So. Great to keep him. Uh, let's hope they get some game time. Obviously, Kellen Gordon will be first choice most of the time. But he can more than cut it at League Two, as proved on Saturday, as proved the games that he played last season. So, why not keep him? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's certainly, a good, uh, certainly a good option for us, Nathan. One which we weren't sure about was Jimmy Knowles, who uh, it's good to see that his uh, contract option has been exercised and, and, and retained. Whether or not he moves out on loan again or, or you know, we've retained him Almost like we did with uh, with players last last season. CJ, I think, was was one. Um, you know, just purely to get money for him. At least we've got 
the option at least we're not like Stone and, and Sweeney in particular we've not and Benning we've not just let them go for nothing yeah um, obviously he's, he's still very young and he's had his first season um, you know out on loan at, at yeah, you know, and let's let's be honest, it's at a very good level for his age as well. So to be playing in the National League for Notts County, who uh, you know who are doing relatively well, they are obviously up up there and, and about. So um, yes, albeit he's not played every minute, but he has played more recently, which is a good sign. So you know the the the, the experience he'll gain from that is uh, you know going to be very valuable for his development. So I've been very disappointed, especially as we know well. Going by reactions on social media, a lot of county fans wanted him to sign up. So I think that, you know, that does speak volumes. Um, they they see the potential in him. So for us to one let him go for free to a, to a rival as well, you know, he he may not cut it with us. You know, he hasn't really had the chance properly yet. Uh, but he's one of those that if he gets a gets a bit of a run, you never know. He, one, he might cut it. You know, he might might be suitable for us, or he might go somewhere else, and we get a bit of money for him. So he's an asset that is definitely worth keeping. Yeah, absolutely right. Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Lots of people in the com- the comments uh, already asking why we're not talking about it. Well, let's do it now. Uh, Jamie says, "Come on, let's talk about Sweeney." Uh, can Ryan Sweeney on that list of players uh, out of contract and released with immediate effect? Um, I was very disappointed to see that. Is it wrong to think that it was expected? Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's wrong to think it was expected for some people. I think a lot of people had a hunch, but it still doesn't, for me, doesn't override the disappointment factor. Yeah, it is disappointing. Obviously, he's still a young player, so he could have literally had... I mean, he could have had a great, great career at Mansfield. You think if we'd have kept on to hold on to him, but I suppose it's also the thing: if if he doesn't want to be here and he wants a new challenge, then what's the point in keeping against him here against his will? As as just a pay, might see it's just a payday. If he's not going to get played or he's only going to be a bit part player, then what's the point in keeping him around? We've already been lugging around two dead weights this season. Yes, granted they've gone out on loan, but it's still still two players on the books that we don't need and yeah like if he doesn't want to stay then there's no point in keeping him around I guess What about you Nathan? I think um, you know Cam's got a reasonable argument with with that but for me I think what annoys me most is is perhaps the the element of the the business side of that you know like we were saying before Sweeney's a, a you know, only a couple of seasons ago, he was in the one of the best defenses in League Two, and you know was pushing for team of the season and things like that, and kept all the clean sheets. Was a good leader for us. Won PFA Community Champion as well. A uh, good guy off off the pitch. Clearly loved the the club and the area. I felt we could have got something back for him. You know, we were all absolutely buzzing. I remember the the podcast itself when you know we we got him on on that transfer from Stoke City. Yeah, that, that I mean, we said at the time it was a superb piece of piece of business, um, and it and it should have been better because I still I, I believe that he is a he is a valuable player. I think you know if um, if we if he was under contract uh, or, or we extended it, I do think he, at some point he will go for uh, you know could have gone for money. So it could have been an even better deal, but still getting him on a free and getting a good is it two and a half seasons? Have we is it yeah. been with us or around that mark? 
Um, you know, I know he hasn't really hit the form that we know what he, he can do this season. So, you know, unfortunately, that that, that does happen. Some players come in and out of form all, all the time. That's football. That's why he is at League Two level at this moment in time. But when I look at it now, I think I think he could walk into any team in this league. And I'm, and I'm not I'm not just saying that. I genuinely believe he could go into any team in this league at the moment. So to see him go out, one not be with us, I'm disappointed about. But to see him go out on a free as well is. That doubly disappointing. Yeah, I think uh, rumours be rumours, but he's linked with Port Vale. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you'd expect that, wouldn't you? Yeah. Like, I think um, going on to sort of Cam's point, yeah, yes, we don't know the the ins and outs of whether it was his decision to not stay and things like that. But what I do think is I do think the club would have said if we had offered a contract because we have been quite open with... Yeah, well, United there's a whole set open with things. Yeah, there's a whole section, isn't there, which says under contract and you know, you know, um, let me get it right. Negotiations underway. There are two players yeah. that are in that situation. Yeah. So, and and I think even if it had been you know offered previously, you know, in the last couple of months and and been declined, I feel like it would have been said in press at some point that we are speaking to you know, Ryan Sweeney, for example. I know it was said at some point about speaking to Quinn about coming yeah. and sign for his next season. So. I, I, I don't know. Obviously, we, we can't say for sure, but my gut instinct is that it was a decision, you know, for whatever reason, to, that I don't think... I think it was more the club deciding to not retain him more so than than Sweeney. But obviously, I, I, you know, I don't know for sure. I'm just giving my own guess at that. Absolutely. Maybe in a couple of years' time, we'll find out on a, on a Stag Story uh, episode uh, for sure. I think... One of the difficulties with Sweeney uh, this season, and we've mentioned it a few times in, in uh, over the course of the season, is the fact that we've completely changed styles. You've got to remember, Nath, that when he came in, you know, he was playing in a back three alongside experienced defenders and, slot, and, and really made that left side position his own. He was doing similar um, last season, and then when Graham Coughlin came in, for whatever reason, he ended up sort of on the right-hand side of the back three and... It was all right there, it was steady, but then, of course, this season since Nigel Clough has come in, in fact, no, since Richard Cooper really took caretaker charge, you know, we, we've gone to a predominant back four, and for whatever reason, it hasn't quite worked, and I think a lot of that is due to when you spend so long playing in a certain position and learning that position and tailoring it to, to your game and how it suits your game, to then suddenly switch, it's different. I think a lot of people don't perhaps realise that playing left side of a back three is a completely different game in terms of mentality, in terms of the way you play, in terms of the way you shape up and you position on the pitch to to playing as as part of a centre-back pair in a back four. Uh, yeah, I mean, some people probably argue that a good player should be able to adapt and or adapt quicker. Um, so there is that side of the argument. You know, he is still you know, quite a quite a young player. Um, unless bearing in mind, obviously we've we've changed. You know, we've been changing formations, and like you said, something that he may have not been used to used for used to. But it's also changing it whilst we're not in very you know not in very good form. You know, so most games, you know, he has made a couple of mistakes some throughout the season. But you could probably say that about five, six, seven other players in that, you know, in, in the team this season. We've we've obviously not played well for the majority for, for a lot of games. Um and you know, he he's he's not been any exception from that. He's still been guilty of mistakes. So, you know, there is that side to it. But I just think in a certainly obviously we are all hoping that we'll pick things up again next season. I, I just think with 
confident players around him, like we saw when he first came in, um, you know, under under Dave, uh, in in a season when we were flying and doing very well defensively. I think you get to see even more out of Ryan Sweeney. Then. He wasn't a weakling then, was he? He was he, a weak link. He was he was one of the strongest play, strongest players there. So I think it also is down to who's around him. Yeah, very much so. For me, like I've said a number of times, the partnership with Rawson didn't quite work. Um, he struggled a little bit last season as partners chopped and changed. Um, but, you know, it's those things, isn't it? You know, we talk about strike partnerships at the end of the picture. Working well effectively together, you know, Matt Reed and Matt Green, for for example, in in recent ish years. So it's the same all over the pitch. Now at this point, I would bring Cam in. Oh, and he, he literally must have heard me and, and come back at the come, came back at the right time. Where did you go? Did you have an emer- did you have an emergency uh, emergency emergency flush? Yes. Were you <laughs> were you scared about what's coming up now in the show? Oh, yeah. It's the Aiden Stones. It's the Aiden Stone debate. Here we go. Aiden Stone released. Come at me. Nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. He's bottling it. He has, he's, he's absolutely bottled it. Trying to, to think of a valid argument that you're not going to bitch about. <laughs> I uh, don't know what you mean. I don't know what you I mean. I've done a Matt's podcast without a bitch fit between you two. So come on, yeah. let's, let's get. I think the best way to put it, there are better goalkeepers out there. I think that's the main reason that he might have gone. And the fact that he's quite accident prone. I think both keepers are quite accident prone, to be fair. Dropping balls and lack of communication. uh, And obviously that's something that we've been big on last, last few months of the season. The fact that we can't seem to communicate between the goalkeeper and the, and the, Defenders, and that's probably one of the main reasons. Looking at getting someone, someone new in, someone experienced, but also young as well. And I think the thing with Steck is, he's a great goalkeeper, but he's he's a little bit old now. And same goes the other way for Stone. You can't win. You can't. You can't go. Oh, we've released him because he's too young a goalkeeper, and then go. Oh yeah, we've also transfer listed Steck because he's too old. Where's Where's your middle ground? What What do you want from a goalkeeper? What 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 do you want? A balance between the two, and it's that neither goalkeeper have got what we want. Give me Give me your three targets. Give me your three goalkeeping targets that you'd love to see us sign, and I will prove. By your own logic, why, why what you've just said is borderline stupid. Go on, use your fir- who's your first one? Is it not a certain Grimsby keeper? See, I, don't, I think McEwen is more mobile than Steck is. Right, but let's shall we do a little bit of Google? Shall we do some googling? Right, let's let's do some let's do some googling and let's have a look, little look at ages, shall we? <laughs> Let's hope it's not 27, because this could really backfire on you, Craig. <laughs> I, I know it won't, don't worry. Yeah, no, he's not. He's 34. I just think he's a bit more mobile than Steck is, but he's got the experience that we'd be needing, and so, he's just a better stop, shot stopper in general. So you're, so he's 34, right? And Marek Steck is what? Let's have a look. About the same, isn't it? Right, so Marek Steck is... Let's have a look at this. I'm just loading Wikipedia. I should know this, but I don't. Uh, Marek Steck is 31. So actually, you're wanting to get rid of a younger goalkeeper for an older for an older one. You've just defied your own logic. So that's one nil to Craig, right? 
right, it's the experience and just Stokes a decent shot stopper. We just need someone that's a bit more mobile, someone that's going to come for a ball and not actually be able to judge it properly. It's just a, a number of mistakes this season that's put the nail in the coffin for Stoke. Oh, so now, so now you, you're focusing on Stoke, you're not focusing on Stone? We were talking about goalkeepers in general. No, but then you focused on Steck, who we all wanted transfer listed anyway. So we'll talk about Stone, and <laughs> I gave you my points for Stone. Yeah, but so, then you went off on a tangent and almost sort of backed out of it. Yeah, but lack of experience and just accident prone. Right. Just personally, I, 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 I don't really... I mean, age is, is a bit relevant, but and obviously a bit of experience is, is important, but... It's how are you supposed to get no, is, how are you supposed honest. to get num experience though without playing games? You can't, you can't. And I think personally, I think what the the issue is is with Stone is that we've had, you know, Stex are relevant because I think what Cam said is absolutely valid on that. But the thing with Stone is he's a young goalkeeper who's playing his trade in League Two for the first time in his career in a side which its defence. It's about as stable as a three-legged van going around a corner at 70 miles an hour. It's, it's just, do you know what I mean? There's, there's no protection there. If Stone, for example, had come in and there'd been a much tighter defence in front of him, defenders who have got a little bit more nous and knowledge of um, protecting him and protecting the goalkeeper, we wouldn't have seen half of the mistakes which people say... That he's made. Now, I'm not denying for a second that there weren't one, two, or three mistakes in there because they were. They, they were. We we know they were. But for me, I think when you balance it out between the mistakes made and the recoveries made and the key saves made and um, things like that, I think it balances out in more in Stone's favour. And I think again, what's more frustrating is and I, I completely get why we've released him and I don't agree with it I think we've made a mistake I get it because what Clough will want all across the pitch is what we've lacked this season and that is experience I get that I completely get that but what I don't agree with is can anyone tell me how many clean sheets Marek Steck made kept not many six can anyone tell me how many clean sheets Aidan Stone kept Eight. Six. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Six. So there's literally, in terms of clean sheets, there's no difference between the two keepers. And yet, it, it's it's one of those. Steck, we're probably not going to get money for. We're just probably going to let him go. If we get something, we get something. He's probably a high earner. Fair play. He's had a number of clubs and, you know, he'll go and do well. Probably at another League Two club. Might bite us on the backside when we play them. But Stone, for me, is another young goalkeeper with which... If he's got a good experienced pro with him and the goalkeeper and the goalkeeping coach who he's worked really, really well with, given another six months or another season to really push for and claim a number one spot with a better defence in front of him who aren't making mistakes on a more consistent basis, will be another one of those players that come January or come the next summer transfer window, we could have cashed in on. And I think there'll be a number of clubs that have seen what he's done this season and seeing his potential. Let's not forget he came from a really well-rated academy that churns out some bloody good goalkeepers, and we'll snap him upon a free in a couple of years, cashing him, and we'll be sitting here going, look at Aidan Stone now playing in the Championship, pushing the Prem. And what did we get for him? 
diddly squat. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think it's probably just me and you in this uh, corner, to be honest, Craig. To be fair, be just see what's being said in the comments. But I, I'm with you. I, I don't, I don't think he would have. You know, by keeping, I don't think to say necessarily is our number one. Um, I think we we absolutely do need to go and get uh, you know another keeper out there with that experience, one with better, you know, more ability than Marek Steck. Um, but oops. About that, but saying that, I do think because of his age and, like I said, it's his first season in there. You, you do look back at the, some of the mistakes made over the season, and, and I can only think of two that were you could say 100% was him, but the rest of them were all debates between it was contribute, it was contributing, contributing factors from the defense in front of him. Yeah, so if we were to tighten up that defense and make that better. Those, you know, you'd like to think most of those would 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 absolutely disappear, and you would be focusing more on the those good things that you know Aiden Stone did do. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think we should have kept him. I think he should have been, you know, maybe the the backup to a to a more experienced number one to learn with them, but still maybe use him throughout the season, uh, certainly in cup games, etc., and 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 give him a chance to carry on developing. Yeah, but, I, I... obviously. Yeah, case. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I get why, you know, this is my frustration on the podcast every single week. Goalkeepers are judged by mistakes. They're not judged by anything else. Very rarely are they judged by good saves or good commanding of the area because they're not head, that's not a line grabber, you know, but mistakes are. And I think that's that's half of the problem. And I just think, like Nathan said, we're going to come, there's going to come to a point where we're going to look and, and regret letting him go for free. He's got a good relationship with the goalkeeping coach. He won community champion this year. You know, he's a good lad on off the pitch. He's got his head really screwed on um, for a young player. Um, I just think that we're going to look back and, and regret it. Even if we, we'd have given him, given him another year, and if it wasn't working out or he wasn't getting enough game time by January, then letting him go on loan or, or whatever, we could have and should have developed him. And I just think keepers are very good goalkeepers are very rare to come across. And let's not forget, this was his first proper real season getting consistent games in league football. And potentially we've we've ruined his his, his confidence by judging him on mistakes and errors. A striker makes an error and misses a a one-on-one, but then pops up in the 90th minute and scores a goal. He might miss 9-10 chances in the game, but score in the 90th minute to win the game. Hero. A goalkeeper might make 9-10 saves in a game to keep us in the game, but then concede in the 90th minute by not, com- by not coming from a- for a cross, which might be a communication thing. That might be a tactical thing of the goalkeeper always stays on the line. We don't know these things, but we'll get judged on that one negative. And I think that's the, the disappointment thing for me. I'd have definitely kept him as a number two to develop him and got some money out of it. We'll regret it. And we wish him all the very, very best indeed. Let's get your comments uh, on it as well. Uh, Craig says, surprise with Aidan Stone. Personally, I think Sweeney has a bit of an underpar season, uh, but a good squad player and good in his day. Um, Alfie was absolutely gutted about Sweeney being released. Absolutely. I'm sure he was. Uh, Jamie says, are you disappointed about Stone? Um, and Jamie says, also says, too many mistakes in my eyes. Uh, who is the goalkeeping co- coach? Um, it is Seamus uh McDougal or whatever his uh, surname is. Can, can you pronounce it, Cam? Have you have you got it? Do you know what it is? 
Isn't it Seamus McDonough? That's something? it. There you go. Seamus, Seamus McDonough. Uh, we are now waiting for Mr. Simon Mercer to pop up uh, in a second. Uh, so I'll keep trying to to, to, to ring him. Uh, whilst we do that, um, any other thoughts on the uh, on the the list? Obviously, just the two um, transfers. Um, uh, just the two transfer listed, Nath, in Corey O'Keefe and Marek Stek. Mm. We've, ju- we've talked about Marek Stek. Not surprised by Corey O'Keefe either. Not surprised, as in obviously I think even I saw it coming and we know how good my eyesight is. So there's no surprise in that. Although, again, it's another one of those where it's come, at the start of the season, he was one that we all thought was had so much promise. You know, he came with a you know quite a good sort of review from, from Macclesfield. You know, people were tipping him to you know, to be to go on and, and develop and be a good player. Still pretty young, and the the bits that we did see him at the start of the season, you know, a couple of games he was certainly man of the match, and then he did sort of you know dwindle away a little bit. But you like to would have thought he may have got more of a chance. So there's certainly something behind the scenes somewhere. Whether I don't know, I'm not I'm not even going to guess and speculate, but. Um, He's clearly not been in favour for for whatever reason, uh, so he's been put on the transfer list as, as expected. The only other name I'm not I'm, I'm I am quite surprised to not see on there is uh, Roland Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise, sorry. Um, you know, I think if Grimsby had stayed up, maybe they, that maybe he would have been because I know they were very much interested. But their situation is obviously going to be very different now. However to not see him on the transfer list was a somewhat surprise because did I think he was going to be part in our plans next year? No. But saying that, is it one of those that we're going to see who we're bringing first and then he may be put on the transfer list? So I think that might be the case for maybe one, you know, one or two others as well. So that could also be the case. But yeah, I was a bit surprised by that. Yeah, certainly so. And uh, a few people talking about like the likes of Jamie Reid as well, um, Cam. Uh, let's just... Uh, touch upon that even let's stay with Roland Menayese for uh, just a minute just because he's not been put on the transfer list doesn't mean that we might potentially move him out but going back slightly to the Ryan Sweeney thing I'd be very very annoyed if we're going to play Roland Menayese ahead of what what could have been a Ryan Sweeney in there that'd be ludicrous yeah I don't I don't understand the logic behind that one then again it's also who, who would you want to to partner Faz Rawson I, I just don't know I, I can't understand the logic behind it I presume that we're going to bring someone in because otherwise we're reliant on three centre backs in Man ASA Faz Rawson and, and James Perch so we'll, we'll be expecting someone to come in so yeah Depending on who we're bringing in, we might see him go out still or go back on loan. And I don't, I don't really understand the logic. I'm absolutely dumbfounded of why we've kept him. I'd expect at least one's coming anyway. But then, if the second say target comes in, then surely one would leave, and you'd expect the first one on that list of defenders, if they were going to leave, would be him personally. Yeah, it's 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 an interesting one. I don't think um, Clough sees O'Driscoll as a defender. I think he'll see him more as a midfielder. Um, I think he'll probably go out on loan again, uh, and we'll develop him and maybe have another look at him in January. But um, I think defenders have, have surely got to be the the top of uh, Clough's list. I think it's a no-brainer that Steve. I'd be very surprised if Stephen Quinn didn't join. 
um, now he's a free agent. I think you know that's that's been a done deal for probably since January, to be fair. Um, but I think defenders has to be the the first port of call, doesn't it, Nath? Yeah, well, defenders and strikers, both both areas have been absolutely quite clearly our problematic areas, haven't they? So, but yeah, I think especially now you look at the fact that hey, Ryan there Sweeney he is! Oh, he's here! Look. He's in. Look, morning. Can you hear? Can you see us? Morning. All right. Can yeah, you? Man, can you see me and hear me? All right. We can, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. For those that that don't know, let's give it a big fanfare. Um, here he is. Simon's back on the podcast. Simon Mercer live. How are you, mate? Are you well? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Very You're all, all right. Very, very good, mate. Really good to see you. Great to see your face and have you back on with us. We're just talking about the retain list. Uh, we've spoken a lot about Sweeney Stone and and all of that bit. Just very briefly from your perspective before we dive into the season as a whole. Um, what were your views on the retain list when you when you saw it come in? No, not surprised really of who we've kept and who we've got rid of. To be honest, um, not really. What well, not surprised at anybody. To be fair. I mean, let let's be honest. When none of us have had a none none of them have had a great season. To be fair, if I had to pick one outstanding player of the season, it'd have to be Jim Lapsley. So, um, yeah, not really that surprised. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We're going to delve into the awards in a little while. We've got a, a, an award vote, which is coming up very, very soon. Indeed, we're going to close the voting for that in about five minutes' time. You can still vote by heading to the. Uh, uh, to the link in the description, so get on that. Um, let's delve into the season as a whole then. Si, I'll start with you since you've just joined us, because everyone's, let's face it, fed up of hearing about from from Cam and Nathan, and I'm sure Nathan <laughs> is just going to have a little nap now he's a new dad. Um, how have you found it, a season on the sofa? Has it been as frustrating for you as it's been for us? Well, to be fair, not really, because since the boys have come along, I've not really been been heading down to Field Mill, to be honest, so, or One Call Stadium, sorry. Um, so it, it's not been that much different for me. The fact is, the only difference is, is that when I've been watching it on iFollow, it's like the stadium's empty. So it just there's just no atmosphere there. And but on a on a different note, it's kind of good because you can get to hear what everybody else is kind of shouting and 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 saying and things like that. So you kind of get an insight to what the what the bench is on about rather than like just hearing the crowd. You mean you can't remember the Steve Evans era? Well, I tried to forget that bit. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward, not backwards, Nate. That's it. <laughs> also, we've got to stay positive. Also, where's Craig gone? That's what I was just about to say. I am, trying, I am trying desperately to fix my camera, which is, seen as oh, Simon's come on, fine. surprise, surprise, has broke. <laughs> my fault. <laughs> we, don't, we don't mind it. It's all right. Yeah, leave it as it is. I was going to bring up before uh, when we was on about the transfer list is is the name of Jamie Reed. Are you surprised yeah. that he's not been included on that list? What the transfer list? Yeah, because so, obviously we've retained his uh, under contract for next season. Are you surprised that we've not transfer listed him or released him? There's there's something about him that Nigel Clough seems to like, and. 
I, I don't know what it is. I can't quite put my finger on what it is that he likes. But, you know, I, I don't know. But I, I, I would have put him on the transfer list, I think, to be honest. Because um, I know you've had the, the conversation about Stone. And I just feel that there's better goalkeepers out there than Stone. Um, like there, I think there's better strikers out there than Reed. But the, the thing is, is whether they want to come and play for Mansfield or not. That that's the question. Let's delve into the season itself. Then I'm conscious we've spent spent about 45 minutes already talking about um, the, the release list. So let's delve into the season as a whole, Nath. Um it's not one we're going to remember for. You know, I mean, you're going to remember it obviously for for a number of reasons. But I, I think on the I in terms the of the Port Vale game, absolutely. Oh, well, I won't. <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, in terms of on the pitch, you know, I think it'd be very, very uh, easily forgotten and very, very quickly forgotten. Um, I mean, aside from the fact that obviously it's been a COVID season, I think it'll be remembered for that. But it certainly won't be remembered for, I guess, footballing reasons. Um, so. You know, you could say it's been a bit of a, a roller coaster season. Apart, you know, it, but the problem is most of it's been a drop, and we've had one bit of excitement, which came came January time, where we hit a bit of a run. And yes, we've finished it nicely, which which is which has been great. Uh, we, we, you know, with four wins out of five, so that's a bit of positive there too. But um, I mean, you look at it, look at by looking at the league table, and you look at what we've actually done, and. You'd say the bit that's let us down is, is is too many draws, and it doesn't feel like that. Cause it feels like we've lost a lot more than we have, doesn't it? Um, with with how bad the season's been. But was it Bolton's only lost one less than us, something like that? And obviously they've ended up going up. Um, so it's crazy to have 19 draws in there, I think. But and for it to feel as negative as it has, I think that it could have been a different a different way. I think if we started off by winning. And drawing a lot, and you probably wouldn't look at it as bad as look back at it as bad as it has been, if that makes sense. I mean, it's it's an interesting stat, isn't it? You know, we're the second uh, side in terms of draws this season. Only Warsaw bettered us by one. They drew twenty, we drew nineteen. Uh, like you said, Nate, you know, you look at Bolton. Uh, they only lost thirteen games. We only lost fourteen, but it's just by virtue of the draws. And we had so many times, didn't we, this campaign side where we could have turned those draws into wins and should have turned draws into to wins. And I think for me, that's what gives me that little bit of bubbling, bubbling excitement for the next campaign is that Nigel Clough and his team behind the scenes, Gary Crosby, uh, his scout, of course, his brother Simon uh, and all the backroom staff there are all going to be looking for that extra little spice of ingredient to, to go out there and make sure that next season when we're in that position, those draws aren't draws, they're wins. Yeah, and I, and I think he's he's highlighted that that you know there's been too many, too many draws, and you know we've we've threw away so many points after you know being in the lead. Um, so I'd like to know, you probably know this already, but I'd like to know how many times we've been in the lead and threw it away. Do you know what? If we'd have been doing this podcast tomorrow, I would have known that. But because we've done it tonight, I've not. What's going on? But look, we've all had big life changes this week. I've started a brand new job. You know, Cam's Cam, um, and Nathan's be, become a dad. So you know, we've all had we've all had too much on to, to to go and do this. But I would probably say, if I was going to chuck a percentage at this, somebody out there will know it. I'm going to say it's got to be high, Cam, hasn't it? It's got to be around eighty-five, ninety percent worth of those those games. 
Yeah, um, and I know it was a po- absolutely pointless fact um, quite a while ago, but you look at goals expected, so it's like you take your chances into account, the amount that are on target. Taking that into account, and if we'd put away, put away the chances that we had, or at least put away most of the chances that we had, then... We'd we would have done every game. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the the good chances that we've we've wasted and yeah it's like the amount of draws that we've had this season from winning positions that's the difference between like the teams that's been promoted and and us you know Bolton how, how many how many times have we been sat there and we've said like you know how many chances do we need to score a goal and then the opposition go down the other end and slot it in on the first chance and that's it you know that, that's, it's a, that's been a cliche. I, I hate, well, I hate cliches and I hate to say it, but you look at it and it has actually been the two halves that have let us down, you know, the strikers and the, and the defence, because it's been quite obvious, the midfield, which actually at times has been a bit bit stretched with numbers, actually, um, when you, certainly when you look at February, March time, but the midfield have been by far the strongest and um, you know, we, most, most of the time we haven't, it's not been creating the chances that have been the problem. It's been putting them away, which has then obviously stopped us from getting that the all important goals and you know goals in the four column. But then because we haven't put them away, we've then been punished at the other end by by those silly mistakes defensively. And that's actually what's yeah, as simple as that as as cost us so much. Yeah, it's a very frustrating situation to find yourself in and you know, a lot has been sort of said about it, but I do wonder and I would like to get your views on this side of if the whole COVID situation wasn't there and fans were allowed to go as normal, I do wonder if sort of around that November, um, the December-January period when we were sort of starting to find our feet under Nigel Clough and starting to win games a little bit more and being tough to beat, I do wonder if we would have made the difference as a crowd. We would have pushed on because there would have been a little bit more money there to potentially spend in January and get the better players in because, you know, the revenue stream would be there from, from season tickets and from fans buying tickets every week and merchandise and all of that stuff which comes with it. Would we have made the difference with, you know, Nigel Clough, great name coming in. I'm sure the first three or four home games under him would have seen a spike in, uh, you know, in, in, in supporters coming through the gates. And if you play well in those games, that has a knock-on domino effect. Yeah, just just saying, like you know, would we would the fans made a difference? That's the sixty four thousand dollar question, really, isn't it? Because we we don't know, but certainly, you know, we we didn't. Have we lost him? I think, yeah, I have, agree. have we lost him? I I completely <laughs> agree with everything he's saying, um, and uh, yeah, whatever he said is, is spot on. Have we lost it? Is is back? Is he back? Heard it, I heard a murmur. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll try and get to him if we can in a second. Can you pick it? You pick it up. Would you know? Same sort of thing to you. Would it have made that difference? I think so. You saw the instant uh, pick up we got when um, Evans came in. Just as an example, you, you can't really use it for Flitcroft because we went downhill from there. Hey, Simon's back. Problem is though. We probably we wouldn't have Nigel if it wasn't for COVID as well. So there's that flip side to it. Possibly. That's a, that's a big point that Nathan raises there. So I don't know if you you managed to catch it saying that we you know we wouldn't have had Clough. Uh, no, you, you were you were 
you were Britty and Bobby in there. Uh, Your internet, then, mate. That's it. You, we need to get you hooked up, mate. We need to. We need to. You need to get another hamster in that wheel. It's not like equipment to fail on, Simon, is it? <laughs> it's not. Um, can you still hear us? Are you there? Yeah, I can still hear you. I think my camera's now gone again, but there you go. We'll, we'll, we'll persevere. Um, <laughs> what Nathan was saying there is, you know, we wouldn't have had. Nigel Clough if it hadn't been for COVID. So which one would you, would you rather have? Would you rather have a season not being able to go as, as we did have, but getting Nigel Clough in for the future? Or would you have rather have been able to go to games? Graham Coughlin got sacked when he did, but Clough wasn't available and would have had to gamble with other options out there. Which would you rather, Clough or a gamble on a random? It depends who the random was. <laughs> well, that's the point, isn't it? Just, that's the point. They're random um, for a reason. It's difficult to say because obviously everybody loves going to football and watching Mansfield play. But um, I don't know. The, the, the season's the, the future's looking a bit, little bit brighter with Nigel at the helm at the minute because, like I was, you know, we're going to say he's highlighted what we need. And I think he's kind of he's kind of just gone through the motions to get start who he wanted to get rid of, and I think he's just kind of got through to the end to kind of you know get rid of who he needs to get rid of so he can bring who he wants in, sort of thing. So I, I think having the COVID and having Nigel in Dodge would would is like been the better option. It's been an interesting one. How close, how far away do you think uh, Nigel Clough is, um, Nathan, to getting the squad which he wants? Do you think it'll be a long process and a tough negotiation process? Or do you think, given his experience, given his name, he will have, um, you know, uh, basically be able to get the top eight of those targets? I want to say the second option, but I'm not forgetting about January. And I do think... If there is one negative that you're going to say to Clough's time with us so far, it's that January business. Now, luckily, it didn't cost us. You know, we came and we, we survived it in the end. But I do think we we made mistakes or or failed you know, to a certain extent with the with the business that we did in January. So, obviously, we've said this numerous times. January transfer is completely different to the summer. Um, so we've got a lot more time now to to get deals sorted and if if plan a doesn't happen then you've actually got time to move on to to b c and d so you 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 don't panic as much and i i hope that we will get business done early on um but no i i mean i'm i'm optimistic i think when you like, like we've just discussed we've said about this season and the fact that we've we've drawn too many games but because of that it's not like we've we've we've, we've lost that many you know we've 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 been more drawing and you feel like We've seen sparks this season of actually, you know, we, we know we can actually play well with a few additions. So although we do need to make quite a few changes, obviously, it, we're not a million miles off. And I'd like to think he has got the ability, the managerial ability in him to be able to spot which areas need that tinkering and to hopefully bring the right personnel in. I just don't want it to be this season's the season for promotion and or nothing. I, I, as I still want us as fans to be patient and give this a two three years opportunity to 
to blossom into what hopefully will be something good. Yeah, that's going to be absolutely critical. Uh, apologies that I've not kept up with some of the comments with all the tech sort of stuff going off. I've just ignored them. Um, got a couple of them upon my phone. Um, uh, Alan in particular says, we need the defenders and forwards to perform well. From memory, the year we fell into the conference, Mickey Bolding was one of the highest goal scorers in the league. The balancing in getting people inside is absolutely critical, isn't it? Now, Nigel Clough has said that he's, he's got a top eight targets in mind and that uh, Stephen Quinn is one of the eight. Um, so there's a midfielder. So let's look at the other seven. I'm not going to count Jamie Partington in here because that's a, a lone move. I think he's talking specifically about bringing uh, eight players in on permanence, Stephen Quinn being one, so that leaves seven. What Another one or maybe even two will be goalkeepers, um, depending on what happens with Marek Steck, if he goes out or not. Um, and then let's say we do bring in two goalkeepers and Quinn. That takes us down um, to, to five. For me, in, in that area, we need two defenders, two strikers and then somebody that can possibly play defence slash midfield. I, 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 which one's more important on your radar? Because had we kept Ryan Sweeney, I would have probably said um, that the striker issue was, was the more potent one because the defence in retrospect wasn't that bad. But by virtue of letting Sweeney go as well, I think it, it's a difficult one to weigh up. But if you were Nigel Clough, where would you be putting the chairman's money? Up top or at the back? To, to who? <laughs> would you, you know? Would you be bringing in strikers or would you Me? bring? In, yeah, to you. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, did you? You must have glitched when I said to, to Simon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. What did you talk to me? Because <laughs> um, I don't think we've had enough goals this season. Jordan Barry, 11, he wasn't that great underground. Come in, he's got the best out of him. Now, controversial, I'll say it, but I want to, I know he is, but I would keep Jordan and get a goal scorer in, and I would get somebody to play off him. Green and Matt Reed used to do used to feed Matt Green a lot of goals. A lot of goals came from, and I think Jordan Barry can be the new Matt Reed and give feed whoever we get in the goals. And I think a striker would probably be his main target. I think the thing is on Jordan Barry, Cam, I think it's playing that right formation, isn't it? I don't think he works in a front two, but when we saw a front three under Nigel Clough, especially in that period when he was on the left-hand side of that, he was really, really effective there. Yeah, because he's... <laughs> where this pace has come from, I don't know. Where do we? Where Where was this at the start of the season? Um, well, no point having pace when the ball's in the air, is there, really? Very it's true indeed. You can't You can't chase after something that's in the air. How many crossfield crossfield balls did Ryan Sweeney try that just didn't work? Um, he just liked to cut in off the wing, and it, it worked. It was effective, whether that was to get the ball back inside and, and lay it off uh, Maris or Lapsley or Charlesley, whoever was in the middle, or just have get that link-up play, getting it out and then getting it back in. It, it was just it just flowed a lot better the play that we was trying to create. Because we were very much playing hoofball under Cochrane, but we also, when we did try and play football, we just lacked that communication and that that bit of quality to to get the ball around. And, and it's weird because it's the exact same players under Clough, all bar a couple of additions, 
but now we can play fluid football every week and the only time we tend to resort to hoofball is when we're defending the lead and it's and we're trying to close the game out and, and that's good we've we've seen that transition in the team but it's it's frustrating that we've not been able to do that all season but you look at players like um like bowery since clough's come in has just been a completely different player and and fit not the fit into the squad better than he did before, but actually brought out his strengths and and, and put them to good use. Cam, ra- Cam raises a, a good point for discussion, which I'll come on to in a second. Before I do that, though, uh, just a reminder that you've got uh, less than five minutes left to vote on the Mansfield Matters Awards. The link is in the description if you're watching the live feed. Go and vote now. Even if you've voted already... You can vote again, so keep those votes coming in. We'll reveal the winners in around the next 10 minutes. Um, I'm going to move it on because there's an interesting point which Cam raised, which has sparked a discussion. It's a question for all of you. I'm going to start with Nathan, and that is, we made a bold move in in, in sacking Graham Coughlin after the, the, I think, 11 or 12 games into the campaign. Obviously, we hadn't won at all. We were playing really, really badly. Um, We always talk about hindsight and things like that. I think that, for me, has to be the key moment of the season because of how long it took us to get safe with the same players. Another two, three games on top of that, we're really, really struggling. You know, we spoke about having exactly the same squad. Clough didn't change it too much in January. The only real changes was Stephen Quinn and, and then the youth team players or the younger players coming in and affecting it. Um so for me, same squad of players, two different styles, two different managers, two different coaching styles. I'll start with you, Nathan. How brave and how bold and how critical, looking back, was the decision to part ways with Graham Coughlin when we did? I personally think it was perfect timing. Now, you could argue it should have been earlier in hindsight because, you know, if you knew he was going to go on and not, was it not winning 12 or whatever it was, you, you, if you knew that was going to be the, you know, say you've got to seventh game and you're still not won, and you know you're going to get to twelve of that winning, obviously you'd do it then, wouldn't you? Because it's hindsight, you you know that's that's coming, sort of thing. But at the time, I don't, I, you know, I think twelve is a, is a magic number in, in football, isn't it? For some reason, whenever somebody comes in and you're not sure, it's oh, we'll give them give them first twelve games and we'll see see where we're at then. So I think, to be honest, it was a right time. Um, but what most most important is, it was the replacement. We said at the time that this is going to be the the biggest, probably the biggest moment really in in a long time for for the Radfords and the board to appoint the right man. Because we said they've probably made and and they probably would hold their hands up to themselves themselves and say they probably made a couple of mistakes in the last two two appointments. So it was and where we were in the in the league at this point, it was a real important stage of our. Uh, you know, for our club to get this next decision right, and um, you know, we, we at the time there was the two main ones, weren't there? Was 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 Cook and uh, and Nigel Clough, and I do think for the long longevity of the of the club, we've gone for the number one. We've got the number one target of, of bringing Clough in, and and you just by the fact that what you said there of having the same players by not doing massive changes in January. 
with the same players, you see the difference of what he's actually managed to get out of these players, and that just shows why he's head and shoulders above the the previous management. I'm going to ask a question uh, over to you, Sai. You know, we we spoke about the the changes there. Nathan spoke uh, well about that. Uh, a critical part of that actually was another appointment which happened in the close season, you know, during during the pandemic, and that was, of course, the appointment of David Sharp initially as director of football, and now, of course, uh, the club CEO. He had a massive part to play in bringing Nigel Clough to the club. Had he not been in post, how difficult of a, a period do you think that would have been in um, recruiting the new manager, purely by having somebody? involved with football in operations from a business side of uh, a perspective day in day out at the club rather than than being remote especially during the period that we went through in terms of covid and stuff like that how critical uh, was the appointment of david sharp uh, 100% it was it was a it was good a good very good appointment to be honest because he's young he's enthusiastic you know he want he wants to do well he's He's been at a, a at a football club that yeah they they're not now but they were in the Premiership you know who, who is um, you know who is related to and things like that he, he's got a lot of knowledge about business how to run a business and how to run a football club and things like that and in the past um, you know things haven't gone that well for Mansfield so to have like a set of eyes looking in from the outside you know, I think it's been critical for Mansfield and, he, and he's done a brilliant job since he's been here. Fantastic. Admin question for you now, Si. How long have we got with you before you have to uh, shoot off? Any time you want, because the boys have gone to sleep. There we go. Right, we're on till midnight then. Uh, let's delve, we'll keep you around and get you involved with the quiz as well. Uh, let's. Uh, as, as long as the internet keeps you connected. That's it. <laughs> just, just don't move. Stop moving. That, that's, that's it. Just, just don't move from where you are. You stay. You're all. You're all good. Maybe we'll I'm back into. I'm hanging out window though. That's the problem. Well, that's it. And then Cam, just as I'm about to ask him a question, Campbelly does one as well. Um, Nathan, I'll, I'll throw one last question at you. Last two minutes to to get your votes in uh, on the awards. Um, what was more important for, from your perspective, the appointment of David Sharp or the appointment of Nigel Clough? <laughs> I mean that's a very difficult question. I know that's why I threw it at you. <laughs> I just, just because of the, the fact that obviously they're they're doing different roles by by a long way. Um, oh. they're both important, but you're going to make me choose, aren't you? So I'm going to say I'm going to say Nigel Clough because if I I think if he didn't come in, we would be relegated now. So, and, and that would have been. We we know we know how catastrophic that is for for football clubs. So to to drop into you know, the pit of misery. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say Nigel Clough. I do think he, I do think he's kept, he, because of him, we, that's why we've been able to stay up. Um, but that doesn't take anything away, anything away from David Sharp's role in what he does in the club. I think, I think that was a point that needed to happen as well because of that link between the, the club and, and the Radfords, obviously with them now being away in Portugal, that, that needed to be filled. But if I was going to, had to, if I had to choose, I'm going to say Nigel Clough. Well, there you go. Uh, right. Uh, we haven't spoken about a, a, a person called Richard Cooper, and there's a very good reason for that, uh, and that will come in just a second for the Mansfield Matters Awards, uh, for which 
The voting is now closed. It is, ladies and gentlemen, awards time. So we have been asking you to vote on the end of season awards, albeit virtually. Now, there are no trophies for this, but now that Nathan is back in the land of being able to tweet, I imagine there'll be a flurry of tweets over the next couple of days. Right, Nathan? Yes, absolutely. Got to do something whilst, you know, Emma's looking after Oliver. Um, so, uh, we have got a number of awards up for grabs tonight, which you guys have been voting on. They are Player of the Season, Goal of the Season, Blockbuster Game of the Season. That's the game which you wish you'd have been able to go and watch in person, in the flesh, in the ground. The opposite of that, the Rotten Tomato Game of the Season, one which you wish you had Simon's internet connection for. Moment of the season, we've got a shortlist on that. Breakthrough star of the season, Golden Glove award of the season, ironically, um, both goalkeepers going to leave. Um, signing of the season, and then an open award for Unsung Hero. I'll read through some of those. That's somebody who's made a difference, um, of course, um, on or off the pitch this campaign. Interesting to see who wins it. Let's first start with player of the season. Now, this can only be awarded to players who have made 13 or more starts in all competitions. That's 25% of the 52 games played at the time of the award nominations, which was the game before the last game of the season. Players out on loan at the time of the awards, also ineligible. So up for this one, we've got Steck, Benning, Sweeney, Rawson, Charles Lee, Clark, Bowery, Maris, Gordon, Perch, Quinn, Reed, McLaughlin, Law, Stone and Lapsley. Simon, I'm going to ask you for one name and for one name only. Who would you be giving your player of the season to? Lapsley. Nathan Edge, I'm going to ask you for one name and one name only. Who would you be giving your player of the season to? George Lapsley. Cam Felton, you have no idea what we're talking about, but I'm going to ask you for one name and one name only. What is that name? George Lapsley for player of the season. Oh, he did hear it then. That's annoying. Uh, well, I can tell you um, that you guys at home in the votes are pretty much in agreement with our panel. In fact, it's an absolute landslide with 48% of the votes. Nathan, are you making a note of this, by the way? No. For your tweet. Sorry. Probably should, shouldn't I? You probably should. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you do that. I'll build up the tension a bit more. It's all good. I'm ready. With 48% of the votes, the Mansfield Matters Player of the Season Award goes to George Lapsley. In second place, with 26% of the votes, was James Perch. And in third place, with 8% of the votes, was George Maris. On now to the next award, which is Goal of the Season. We came up with a bit of a shortlist, and they were Stephen Quinn at Tranmere Away, the one where he sort of volleyed it, dropped onto his back foot and volleyed it. George Marish Grimsby at home, the one where it ran across his body and he twatted it into the top corner. Steve McLaughlin, Newport Away, drops his shoulder, again, rocket into the top corner. Andy Cook, Crawley at home with the volley, and then there is another option. I'll go the opposite way round. Cam, who are you nominating for your goal of the season? Uh, Stephen McLaughlin for the free kick from the weekend. Ooh, okay. I Nathan Edge. I'm going to go with Stephen Quinn. 
Simon Mercer. Quite shocking that I'm going to agree with Nathan again. Hey! Well, there you go. Uh, I can tell you with 38% of the vote, the winner of the goal of the season is Stephen Quinn at Tranmere away. In second place, it's George Maris, Grimsby at home. And then in third place, uh, second place, by the way, 32% of the vote. Third place, 22% of the vote, Stephen McLaughlin at Newport away. Votes also for uh, James Perch, Scunthorpe at home, and McLaughlin's. Uh, Port Vale free kick. On now to the next award, which is the blockbuster game of the season. Now, this is a game which you, we that you wish you'd have been able to go and watch in person. So no COVID, no eye follow, none of that rubbish. Um, a game which you'd be able to you wish you'd be able to see. Nominations for this one: we had Salford at home, the two-one win; Cambridge away, the one-nil win. Cheltenham at home in the league, the 3-1 win, and then Sunderland in the FA Cup, the 1-0 win. And again, you had an other option. Simon, I'll start with you this time. Which game do you wish you'd been able to see? Probably the Sunderland one. Nathan Edge? 100% Sunderland. Cam, are we going to have a clean sweep? Oh, no, I went with um, Cheltenham at home. Oh, interesting. I would have gone with Sunderland away as well. We'd never been there. You know, they were flying high at the time. Um, you know, tough team to beat. They've got a rich history. And I think given the whole circumstances, the fact that we hadn't won before that game uh, was the reason for me. Um, and it was the reason for everybody else as well in terms of the results. With 48% of the votes, the winner is Sunderland away. In second place, with 32% of the vote, it's Cheltenham at home. And then in third place, with 10% of the vote, it's Salford at home. Also nominations for Crawley at home and Oldham at home, the 4-1 win. The next one, the next award, is the complete opposite. It's the Rotten Tomato game of the season. The game, basically, where you wish your internet connection was like Simon Mercer's ropey at the best of times um the nominations we had for this we only had three i know surprisingly we only only did have three nominations for this which were barrow at home the 4-2 defeat leighton orient away the two all draw and then bolton at home uh the 3-2 defeat very narrow results but first let's go around the panel nathan i'll start with you I'm very surprised Barrow Away wasn't in there either. Um, that would have been up there for me. But for me, I'm going to say Barrow at home was awful, but I'm going to say Bolton. I was absolutely livid after that game. Cam? Yeah, Bolton at home. Oh, it was just awful. Yeah, it's definitely Bolton at home for me as well, you know, because all <laughs> of the gave... hype that they gave in the build up to that was, you know, because we, oh, we were on such a good run and, and all of that. They weren't at the time and. You know, after all that they said about the postponements and everything, I just really yeah. wanted to get one over Ian Everett. And just the fact that we, we were, again, leading in it and threw it away so spectacularly in Mansfield fashion, that did if it for we'd me. Have won, we'd have won that game. They wouldn't have got promoted. Yeah, maybe we would. Because at that time, we were neck and neck. So maybe we would. Who knows? Uh, Simon, is it going to be a clean sweep across the board? No, it'll be right awkward and say Barrow. <laughs> Fair play. For me, I, I think the, the Barrow game for me, I, I don't count it because it got Cochrane sacked. Had we yeah, maybe won result, that, actually, yeah. had, we, had <laughs> we won that, he might have stayed in for another couple of weeks. God help us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I can tell you, Simon, that nobody agrees with you. 
Well, actually, they, they do, but not enough. Um, in third place, with 4% of the vote, I'm mixing it up, is Leighton Orient away. And then, just one vote separates the top two. In second place, with 48% of the votes, Barrow at home. And then the winner of the Rotten Tomato game of the season, Bolton at home, the 3-2 defeat. Next award is the moment of the season. Again, we had a bit of a shortlist for this one. The shortlist was the appointment of Nigel Clough. Aidan Stone, the super sub versus Dagenham in the FA Cup. Who remembers that one? Superb. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Bringing him on just for penalties and then we pump the ball upfield and we go and score from it if you missed it. Richard Cooper's victory at Sunderland also in there and then the emergence of homegrown talent. Uh, I think I know where everyone's going to go with this. Is everybody going to go with Clough? Yeah. What was the question? Was it a moment of the season? Moment of the season, yeah. <sighs> yeah. I, I kind of want to go with the, the emergence of homegrown talent. No, fair play. I'm yeah, I'm going to go for it. Fair play. Simon, what about you? Are you going to be Team Nathan or Team Cam? Neither. Oh, he's, he's, he's on the I'm fence. Gonna, I'm going to go with... Because he did such a good job when, like, in between interim, I'm going to go with Richard Coops. Fair play. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm sure he'll get a, a mention again in a couple of seconds' time. Uh, let's reveal the results then. Um, in third place, it's Aidan Stone, the super sub, against Dagenham and Redbridge with 12% of the vote. In second place, it's Richard Cooper, his victory at Sunderland. And the winner of moment of the season, no surprise, is the appointment of Nigel Clough with 62% of the vote. On to the next award. This is the breakthrough star of the season. Let's give you a little bit of context on this one. Uh, this, uh, this one is is awarded to a player aged 23 or under who has made the breakthrough into the first team. There are four nominations for this one who are as follows. Aidan Stone, Jason Law, Tyree Sinclair and Keaton Ward. Let's start with Cam. Who gets your breakthrough star of the season vote? It's got to be Tyree Sinclair. Simon? Tyree Clean sweep, Nath? Absolutely not. Jason Law for me. Give us your reasons. Why are you, why are you going against the, the tide? Uh, it's nothing against Tyrus Sinclair. He's certainly had a, a good few games, but I think Jason Law was consistently, you know, consistent for a longer period of time in a a part of the se you know, really tough part of the season when, when games mattered more. Yeah, I, I'd be inclined to agree with that, actually. Um, I think Sinclair is a terrific talent and will certainly earn us um, some books as the uh, as the saying goes, as, as, as time goes on. But I agree with Nathan on that reasoning, actually, that Jason Law came in at a tough time. You know, we'd got Oli Sarkic, um, who just wasn't doing it um, and with, with the injuries and what have you. And, and Law seized his chance. And I think that really actually paved the way for Sinclair actually to, to come in. Um, the results they were in. In third place with 6% of the um, the vote, it's Aidan Stone. In second place with 26% of the vote, it's Jason Law. And then the winner with 70% of the vote, Tyrese Sinclair. Golden Glove uh, award of the season, fairly straightforward one. We won't go for nominations with this one. Um, there were two nominations on the shortlist. It was Aidan Stone against Forrest Green. Marek Steck against Cambridge. The clear winner with 92% of the vote was Aidan Stone. Um, 
his save against Forest Green. Next award is signing of the season. We had four on the shortlist for this. Lapsley, Perch, Quinn and Maris. Um, and uh, let's see what you guys think. I think it will be should be a clearly clear-cut thing, but I've said that in the last couple of awards and been wrong. Uh, Simon, where are you going with this one? George Lapsley. Nathan. This is really, this is harder than what it probably should be. Um, I'm going to, oh, I don't know. I, I'm edging towards Quinn. Cam? I'm going to go, I'm going to go for Quinn. Uh, I think he's got to be Lapsley for me. Do you know what? It's a difficult one to know whose side to be on with this one. But the more I logically think about it, the more I think I'm going to have to side with Nathan. Um, Get in. You know, Lapsley's a terrific talent, don't get me wrong, and scored some important goals for us and, and, and done really well for us. And I think will be a class signing for us as, as the years go on. But there's a reason I've said it week after week that the first thing we need to do this summer is sign Stephen Quinn. And I still will maintain that until the day he signs because he's been phenomenal in midfield for us. He's really, really car carried us and given those younger players like Laura and Sinclair, you know, something to aspire to. Um, so my vote is going to go with him. However, in the total standing of things, he comes third with 10% of the votes. No, sorry, he doesn't. I got I read that wrong. James Perch comes third with 8% of the vote. Quinn comes second with 10% of the vote. And then the winner with 80% of the vote is George Lapsley. Final award now. And this is one which is open for discussion. You guys have left some really nice comments as well, which we'll come on to. This is the unsung hero of the award. Now, this can be for someone on or off the pitch who has done something which makes this season memorable. And I think, uh, Nathan, it's going to be safe to say that there will be a lot of mentions for Richard Cooper in here, which is why we didn't talk about him early on. Yeah, I think so. You know, we've... Um... We've, we've said it many times, haven't we, throughout the season? What I think what a difference he actually made in that interim period, you know, uh, to, to actually take us from where we were, which was absolutely dreadful. And you, you can only imagine what it must have been like in that dressing room at that time. For, so for him to come in, you know, never been in that position before, to come in and, uh, and, and lift the squad the way he did and, and to go and get, well, like I said, that result at Sunderland, for example. But... You know, the couple of games before that weren't too bad either. So to go and change it the way he did, and in his own way as well, he deserves a hell of a lot of credit. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, Cam, Richard Cooper, um, is he going to be your nomination or have you got somebody else in mind? Uh, I've got someone else in mind and it's not something specifically memorable, but I think this is someone that's, I think, unjustly, had a lot of stick this season especially towards the end of january and early february and that's um the ground staff and, and michael merriman i think that it was very unfair to be criticizing him and his team this season because the weather was just uncontrollable and i think the, the comments that ian Everett made were very very unjust and very undeserved and Whilst, yes, it is frustrating that we had so many games called off, what are you supposed to do about the weather, unfortunately? Um, and I think just then managed to get the pitch in a, a decent, decent-ish condition for the rest of the season has been fantastic. And obviously, he's not had the time to prep the pitch, and the fact that he's managed to do as well as it has this season is is just testament to the work that, that him and his team actually put in. 
as well as putting the training ground in a, in a decent condition to get the match preparation correct and everything. So I think that's got to go to, to Mez and his team for me personally. So I very quickly, who's you're going to be your unsung hero of this, of this season, of this campaign, as you look back and remember it? Um, as though as, as though I kind of agree with what Cam's just said, it has to be Coops for me. You know, he, he was thrown in at deep end when he first, you know, when, when Coughlin was sacked, you know, he, he steadied the ship as, as such and uh, he did such a good job in those games that he was in charge. So he's got to go to Coops for me. Absolutely. Right then, uh, let's have a little look through some of these um, nominations. A lot of people saying Richard Cooper. Uh, Richard Cooper putting the foundations in place to turn our form around and developing younger players. Rawson, he's highly underrated. Um, Stags Lady won on Twitter for her shocking prediction. Sometimes played reverse psychology to get us the valued points. Um, someone says all the Stags fans for still supporting after this shocking uh, season. Uh, my dad, Chris Ball, for buying match passes and taking time out of his work to watch every single match with me despite an awful season. Uh, Stag's chat for fans on Mansfield Town info on Facebook. Um, uh, Steve McLaughlin, John and Carolyn, I'm just picking some of these now, uh, for being so generous in giving all the season ticket holders a Stag shirt for free uh, for next season. Yeah, absolutely looking forward to getting my hands on that. Um, Stephen Quinn just gone about his job. Jordan Bowery working hard and running his socks off every game, even when not score when he's not scoring regularly. Uh, the fans, for, as a whole, for sticking with the club and buying season tickets and match passes. All of us, which supplied uh, income to the club during a very strange season. Um, someone's nominated me. Can you believe it or not, Craig, for bringing this brilliant content all season and giving us back that Matchdale feel virtually. You're not supposed to write your you own comments. Don't count. I mean, come on, you know it's not my dad because he wouldn't be able to... I mean, it's spelt coherently, so it's definitely not him. Uh, but it's it's definitely not it's definitely uh, not me that's done this. It's been an absolute team effort from all of us, but thank you very much for the kind words. Uh, Richard Cooper for starting to turn the form around. Uh, Michael Merriman. Uh, Martin Shaw and Dean for the excellent match day coverage every game. Yeah, thanks very much for that, guys. Uh, very, very difficult to commentate, even when there's a ground full of fans, never mind it being an empty stadium. So, yeah, uh, those two have taken a bit of stick uh, this season so yeah we'll give them a shout out Jason Luff being patient and getting his chance um, someone's put Mansfield Matters podcasts um, Mez for all the hard work on the ground to make it as playable as possible um, Craig Priest, Nathan Edge and Cam Felton and Simon Mercer for putting together the Mansfield Matters podcasts a um, lot of other random just names here um, Adam Kirk for putting up with me whilst watching um, the match uh, let's go through some more of these. Mez for all his hard work on the pitch in what sometimes has been atrocious weather conditions. Um, Nathan Edge for his faultless mathematical ability to add up the man of the match votes. Is that <laughs> you? Was that you that was doing that, Nathan? Or... Well, do you remember there were many times when uh, I had to correct Campbell, who was actually doing it with his pen and paper? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, right. good point. Uh, I'm, I'm so happy. I'm so that's that's really made me happy. That's that's not going to notice. Get in. Well, there you go. There you go. The fans <laughs> love it. Uh, so John Radford for his continued support. Coops for for bringing the squad together. Someone's actually genuinely put here Craig for leaving his old job. Thanks for that. That also wasn't me, by the way. Um, for running the club during lockdown, David Sharp. Um, uh, Keith, uh, Keith Glasby for being the quarry lane ball boy. Absolutely love Keith. Um, oh, Cam. 
Cam, 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 get back on this podcast now. Come on. Where's, he's disappeared because he knows what I'm going to say. And I'm going to absolutely ruin him for this. Get ready for the sick bucket. He's nominated his own missus for her first season watching Mansfield and the pod, being the podcast number one fan. Watches every game and provides her, her boyfriend or her BF, as he's written here, with cups of tea during matches. That is disgraceful. Uh, it's, that is the most disgraceful comment I've ever heard, and the fact is factually incorrect because that should say watch every episode of Hollyoaks. Correct. Let's, let's be honest. And the fact that he's ran off and disappeared <laughs> during, during this as well is is an absolute disgrace that he's done that. Uh, there you go. Uh, the final that probably has. Um, <laughs> he's made himself. He's made himself cup of tea to bring it back in and go. My missus has made this. Uh, the last, the last, um, the last comment uh, on the Unsung Hero Award, and we really appreciate this. You guys, the podcast has cheered me up no end this season, especially after some bad results. Well, that is exactly what we were here for. That's exactly what we aimed to do: um, was to bring you entertainment, was to bring you um, some form of um, normality during a season which was very difficult to watch and very difficult to follow. So the fact that, you know, even you guys have taken the time just to put a, a little line of, of a comment is, is great. Um, Cam knows that he, we were saying about this because he's now watching the podcast and he, he's laughing about it, <laughs> leaving his camera on. I, d- I don't want to make assumptions, but I think he's... Oh, no, he's come back. Eric, right, Nathan, go. Go, 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 go. Nathan, just go. You disgraceful man. I was going to say criticising Farron Rawson every week and making me laugh, but... Um, start to love uh, Faz Rawson, it was funny. Why, why, what, what, you can't come back and start talking about something completely irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, what is that comment? What comment? You know what comment? Do you want, do you want me to read it again? No, I heard it once. <laughs> Yeah, what you did. Absolutely shocking. Uh, thanks very much for all your votes on that. Cam, uh, you are going to be punished for that, for that comment. <laughs> Um, and, you know, usually at the end of the podcast, and we are going to do it, and I am going to get in trouble because Gogglebox is about to start, but we've got plus one on record, so it's fine. It'll be all right. Uh, we will stay for another 15 minutes to, to finish this quiz. Um, Cam, you know, usually you are invited to take part in these quizzes um, and, and compete for the champion, which you'd keep over the whole summer until the end of next season. But by virtue of the fact of the world's most disgusting, shameful trying to score points comment i'll say this is what i get for being a suck up i guess you are absolutely disqualified from this and it is now a head-to-head between nathan and simon on this one all right on, on this little quiz hang your head in shame cam felton I've got many hours of disgraceful Mansfield matches to make up for. That's that's the thing. Yeah, you've you've well, you. I don't think this is the lowest for you. This is the lowest point on this podcast. Whilst we have this break, my friend, you need to take a serious think about, about this. Let's take a serious think. Something you won't have missed, though, Sai, is the Mansfield Matters quiz. If you want to play along at home, you can feel free to do so. By virtue of the fact that Cam is a disgusting human being um, and trying to score points in, in vote comments and trying to rig votes, he's disqualified. But he will be the official timekeeper. Is he, is he, are you awake for that? Are you there? Are you nodding in agreement? 
I'll take that. Okay, you're the official. Yeah. No, you're. Ca- Cam is the official timekeeper. This is how it works. It's called the Armchair Hero. We've all played along with the chase, possibly pointless, and maybe had a stab at University Challenge when it's been on the telly. But it's time to find out exactly how much attention our panelists have been paying to the Stags season. And spent it on the sofa. Our panel will go head-to-head to find out who will be this season's champion. Both Nathan and Simon will face 10 questions against the clock, with the person with the most correct answers in the quickest time will be crowned the winner. Okay, so you... good for me because you keep breaking up. It's my internet. Well, we... <laughs> yeah. we, we uh, two, yeah. I, I might give you a, a, a... Depending on the times, I might give you, like, an extra three seconds or something we'll see uh, to decide who gets to choose set a or set b i have a question for you and all you need to do um is, is raise your hand uh the first to be able to answer it and it is this the captains this season have been james perch ryan sweeney and of course the main captain ollie clark but there is one other player who was captain the stags this season who is it first put the hand up and answer correctly gets to gets to choose who who is it? Who's going to put the hand up and have a little guess? Go on then. Yeah, go on then, Nath. Marek Steck. It wasn't Marek Steck. It was uh, Andy Cook uh, against Barrow in Cochrane's final cool. game. So, Simon, you get to choose uh, set A or set B. In fact, no, sorry. Would you like to choose the set of questions or whether you go first or second? Uh uh, I'll go second. Okay, Nathan, set A or set B? Set A. Okay, so Simon gets set B and he will go second. Nathan, you get set A and you will go first. Are you ready to play the armchair hero quiz? Nope, I can only apologise in advance because I'm going to be awful. Let's do it. Well, there we go. Uh, Cam, are you ready on the stopwatch? Yep. Okay. In three... Two, one, start the clock. It looks like the Stags will have a new set of keepers next season. But between the now departed Aidan Stone and transfer listed Marek Steck this season, who played the most games? Aidan Stone. Nigel Clough took charge of his first Stags game, uh, actually in the dugout, against who? Um, go on, Almighty. Forest Green. How many points were the Stags on when Graham Cochrane was sacked? Five. Which two players were sent off for a second yellow card during their Stags home league debuts? George Lapsley. And who was the second one? Oh my god, this is ridiculous. Uh, Faz Rawson. How many minutes did Danny Rose appear in a stag shirt for this season? Bring him home! <laughs> this season? Um, zero? The Stags pushed on under Nigel Clough, losing only twice in all competitions during his first 10 games. Name one of the two sides the Stags were beaten by in that little run. Um, Exeter. In all competitions, who finished as top goalscorer? Jordan Barry. The Stags never had a game called off because of COVID in their own camp. True or false? True. In all competitions, how many clean sheets were clean sheets were kept? Uh, Twelve. 
Of the three Academy graduates, Sinclair, Law and Ward, who featured the most starts and subs in all competitions? Law. Stop the clock. Cam. Can you uh, give me the time, please? One minute, 54 seconds. One minute, 54 to beat Simon Mercer. Not going to tell you how many you got right or wrong. How confident do you feel going into it? You know the standard of questions. About minus five. About <laughs> minus five. Well, are you ready? Cam, are you ready on the stopwatch? Yep. Okay, could you be crowned the armchair hero? Let's do it. In three, two, one, start the clock. The captain's armband has been passed around this season, but in the absence of Ollie Clark, who has led the stags the most? Perch. Graham Cochlin did a did exactly did actually record three wins as Stag's boss this season, albeit in pre-season. Name one of the three sides. Uh, uh, nah, I don't know. <laughs> ah. In League Two, how many points did Clough accumulate as Stag's boss? Thirty-four. The Stags loaned out Roland Menayese, Andy Cook, and Nicky Maynard in January. Of the three, who started the most games this season for the Stags? Who what? Sorry. Who started the most games this season for the Stags? Menayese, Cook, or Maynard? Uh, Maynard. Which two players are the most used substitutes this season? Which what, sorry? Which two players are the most used subs this season? Which oh, most used subs this season? Yep. Sinclair and oh, Law. Who halted the Stags' run of five wins on the spin after the enforced winter break? Uh, uh, Bolton. Pen, squint, hen. Pen, squint, hen is an anagram of which Stags player? Stephen Quinn. How many times have the Stags used a substitute keeper? <laughs> Once. In all competitions, who has started the most games? Uh, Jordan Bowery. Who is the Stags' current assistant manager? Gary Stop the clock! Time, please, Cam. Two minutes, 14 seconds. Okay. Oh, so we know that Simon uh, got the slowest time of the two, but it all depends on who got the, internet the most correct answers. Oh, dear. Who got the most correct answers? <laughs> I can tell you that you both scored 3.5. What? <laughs> because on the question where it was which two players, you got one right and one wrong. So I gave you half a point for it. So you got 3.5, which means it's all down to the time. 
And even taking into consideration, taking off a couple of seconds for internet delays, I have to crown the winner of this season's armchair hero to Mr. Nathan Edge. Well done, Nathan. Thanks. I mean, I'm, I'm really well not actually that bad. I'll run, I'll run through the answers for you. Uh, for question one for Nathan. Uh, it looks like the Stags will have a new set of keepers. Between Stone and uh, Steck, who played the most games? It was Steck with 28, Stone on 24. Uh, Cross first game in, actually in the dugout was Scunthorpe, not Forest Green. Um, you got the points right. You got the two players right. The other player, Nathan, was O'Driscoll. Um, Danny Rose minutes was actually 76, Preston in the cup. Um, uh, Stags pushed on under Nigel Clough, losing only twice in all competitions during his first 10 games. Name one of the two sides the Stags were beaten by. It was Harrogate or Carlisle. Um, the other one you got wrong. In all competitions, how many clean sheets were kept? You said... Said 12. Yeah, six each for Steck and Stone, but you missed one. Oh, Jamie, you swine. And you can't even, you know, I'm not even going to let you use the excuse of your son being born for that one. Um, no, and then, I wasn't like... Yeah. Doesn't matter. Uh, of the three happened. of the three Academy graduates, Sinclair, Lauren Ward, who featured the most starts and subs. Sinclair, where I'm from with 23, Lauren 18, then Ward on seven. Your question, Simon. Um, Cochrane did record three wins as Stags boss in pre-season. Uh, who were they against? Forest, Barnsley or West Brom, under 23s. Uh, in League Two, how many points did Clough accumulate? 53 um, was that one. Um I got the numbers right, just got in the <laughs> right up. Well, it doesn't count, mate. Uh, the Stags loaned out many SA, Cook and Maynard in January. Of the three who started the most games, it was many SA with 14. Uh, Cook and Maynard only actually both started 11 games apiece. Um, the other player in the two players most used subs, it was Cook and Sinclair. Um, you said Cook and Law. Um, who halted the Stags' run of five wins on the spin? It was Warsaw. You got the anagram. Well done to you. Uh, how many of the times have the Stags used an un uh, a substitute keeper? You said one. It was three. Uh, Aidan Stone in the uh, FA Cup uh, for that moment of the season. Um, Marek Steck when Stone got injured. Uh, can't remember the game, though. And then Pardington was used against Salford when he uh, took Rawson out. Um, Talked of Rawson. He was the answer to the next question. In all competitions, who started the most games? Uh, it was Rawson on 47. And then, unbelievably, you managed to get the, the correct answer, which uh, on the assistant manager, which I didn't think anyone would get because nobody's seen him. So <laughs> so there you go. Um, yeah. And I'll let you to a little secret. Go on. We actually had the conversation about the assistant manager on the podcast Messenger all the week. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, So, but even so, you know, two kids... Which are what? Nearly must be nearly two or three now. Two and a half. Two and a half. So yeah, two nearly three. Uh, two kids, twins as well. I'm surprised you out of all of us have remembered that, and your old age as well. So you know what? I'll give you a little bit of applause um, for that. Unfortunately, that is sure, all. We surely that. Surely that's half a point then, and then I win. <laughs> do you know what? I'm tempted for the content. I'm. Re I am. No, 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 no. Because I mean, yeah, I, remember, I wasn't there for that last clean sheet so that, that's, that's your own fault Nathan, so Nathan's, I mean Nathan's also got a valid point and then what what did you say Cam were you encouraging me to do it yeah do it content well I'm not because you well, let you, as well I've got wins I've got double the trouble no, yes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not I'm sorry Si I, I feel I feel your pain but I'm not going to do it 
because Cam, I've still got the results of the bloody awards on my screen. And I can see it out of the corner of my mind. It's making me feel sick. So I, I'm just not going to go for it. Also, I mean, you called him old, so... Uh, well, there you go. Um, unfortunately, that is all we've got time for because I am now starting to get threatening text messages saying we've missed 15 minutes of Gogglebox. Um, so I'm going to wrap things up and, and uh, get things moving. We have been on for a long time as well, uh, but with good reason. It's the final podcast of the season. Uh, final comment from each of you boys before a last little bit from me. Um, obviously, we've not been able to see each other this season, which has been difficult. I managed to catch up with Cam last week, which was great. Um, I look forward to seeing Nathan again and, and, and meeting little Ollie. Stephen McLaughlin Quinn Edge uh, and I look forward to seeing Simon as well obviously all the re- the rules and stuff relax on Monday so hopefully we can all meet up at, at, at some point and uh, and see each other and um, you know we're going to have a bit of a break for a couple of weeks as well and they maybe come back with some, some new content but I'm really really looking forward boys to being able to get back in the ground hopefully next season let's hope all these test events go get well and, and you know be able to see each other again it's been a horrendous season but in each of your own words uh, I'll start with Simon then Nathan uh, and then Cam sum up this season as best as you can for us Simon Mercer it's over to you I can't swear, so I. <laughs> you can swear. You can swear. You you let your, you if you want to swear, you let yourself fucking go, my friend. You do it. It's got nine pm now, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we are well past the shitting watershed. Let's do this. Oh, well, it's been shit then, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's not been the season we all wanted, has it? But you know, hey ho, done. Write it off. Start again. Dust ourselves down. Go again next season. Nathan Edge, what about you? Bittersweet for me, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say off off field matters. It's been bitter in the fact that obviously we've not been able to go to the matches, but it's been sweet in the fact that we've been doing this podcast. I've I've loved it. I'm actually a bit sad. This will be the uh, well, I missed the last one, but you know none of the pre match or post match ones will be be happening. So I'm, I'm sad about that. And you could say the same on the pitch. It's not been the the greatest of uh, season by any means, but I do believe that we have got a what you know one of the best managers in the in the lower leagues now, and uh, it, at least we've got something now to actually look forward to going into uh, into next season. Cam, what about you? How would you sum up this campaign? Oh, memorable for for many different reasons. It's just been memorable for being so shit <laughs> since Clough came in. It's been memorable because it's just been dramatic. Uh, oh, memorable because we've not been able to see a game all season not a single game uh, and that's something that we'll remember for a long time and then also another word content it's been a a, a, a weird season for everyone but it, it's been a fantastic one for us and I think obviously this podcast we, we didn't think that it'd make it through the first season never mind into our into our fourth and then next season will be our fifth so thank you for sticking with us through this absolute shambolic of a season yeah absolutely i certainly uh, echo those statements like i said earlier you know uh, a couple of people in the unsung hero award put us um for you know doing that sort of stuff and uh, for doing this sort of content but the one thing we set out to do at the very start of the pandemic was to try and bring you guys content to try and keep you feeling connected and, and things like that and I felt we did that 
to you know really really well considering the restraints that we had then the season started and we all thought it'd be a couple of months or, or a month before we could get back in it just kept being pushed back and pushed back and in the end we ended up doing a whole season on the sofa but one thing for me um and i've touched upon it a number of times like mentally as well being able to chat to you guys um you know on on skype on and off air and obviously in the group chat and then being able to interact with all you guys at home whether you're watching live or, or listening we've had tweets we've had facebook comments messages instagram messages all of that stuff it's great to see such a community that we've bought that we've built up it may well be a small community but it's a bloody good one and if it's given somebody something to focus on whether it's been for 10 minutes an hour two hours whatever if it's given somebody to focus on and help make a difference and help keep them connected to the club in whatever way then that for me is absolutely 100 million percent job done and i look very much look forward to seeing all you guys in in person and doing it again next season that though is all we've got time for my heartfelt thanks to simon mercer for getting a hamster to power his internet for the last hour to Nathan Edge for joining us, despite the fact in the other room, he's got a young baby that's less than a week old. And to Cam Felton for dragging himself away from Hollyoaks and pandering to his girlfriend with stupid comments like that in the awards. It's been a laugh all the way through. You might be saying something, Cy, but I can't hear because I've got you on mute. Um, sorry, mate. Um, it's It's been a laugh all the way through. That is it for us. This, remarkably, is our 110th live broadcast of the 2020-2021 campaign. 110 times I've been in front of this camera with these boys, my closest friends, and sharing it with you guys at home as well. That is really, really special to me, and it is an achievement which, hopefully for all the right reasons, we never have to hit again. Will we continue to follow the journey, despite all the changes to our lives? You bet your bottom dollar we will. We will be back for the 2021-2022 campaign to follow the journey again because Mansfield always matters. We will be taking a short break for the next three or four weeks just to let those adjustments set in. And then we'll be back with some form of content which hopefully includes an event where you guys can come and join us. You're not watching on your phones. You're not watching on your computers. You're watching in person in an audience more details on that to come in the coming weeks hopefully we can get something like that sorted and a little bit of other content for you coming up over the summer as well for now though from me from the very bottom of my heart thank you so 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 much for following the journey with mansfield matters it's been a horrendous season one where we've not been able to go to games and provide the support from the stands one which if it wasn't for various things we wouldn't feel connected at all. But that love for Mansfield Town continues to burn strong within. Keep safe, stay safe, and enjoy things getting slowly back to normal. Because come August, we'll be ready to do it again. We'll don the brand new shirts, we'll buy those season tickets, we'll get through those turnstiles, we'll smell that freshly cut grass, we'll get anxious before kickoff. We'll enjoy that one moment of hope before the whistle blows and we will watch the journey together because that is what matters. And that one thing is Mansfield Town Football Club. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. This is the Mansfield Matters Podcast. 
It's goodbye. For now. We'll see you again soon. Stay tuned to mtfcmatters.co.uk for all the updates and, of course, our social media channels. 2020, 2021. Completed it, mate. The views expressed in this broadcast are solely those of the individual. Complaints can be sent to Cam Felton, the Hollyoaks watching desk, somewhere in Manchester. Only joking. See you next season, folks. And remember, Mansfield always matters. And for God's sake, Nathan, make sure you, na- you give Stephen as a middle name for your child what the kids want content away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.